this morning, Lord.
And Lord, uh, what a challenge it can be to be thankful uh, when we face some of the circumstances that have come. And Lord, uh, even though we, even though we, uh, our desire is to be thankful, Lord, um, at times we can be sidetracked and we can be uh, distracted by the circumstances that have come, Lord. So I pray that you would help us, God. Uh, just to focus in upon you and to be thankful for the daily blessings that you have given to us. And we praise you today and we we worship you today for uh, truly your mercies are new every morning. So I pray you would teach us, Lord, and, um, and help us, God, to realize those things. We continue to pray for those who are working in the front lines. Yes, Lord. Uh, those who are in hospitals, those who are in uh, seniors' care centers and places, Lord, where uh, where the virus transmission is high. We pray your protection, God, over people. We pray, Lord, ultimately for your will to be done, for people to grow closer to you, for people to discover who you are. Even in this time, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning again, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving in the year 2020, and uh, so good to be with you this morning. Uh, just a couple of announcements. If you are brand new to the stream, uh, maybe you saw our ad, maybe somebody invited you, if you could do me a favor and text the key phrase on your, on your smartphone, Reach the one with no spaces to 514-900-0130. I would be happy to send you a little gift via email, uh, which you're going to enjoy very much, especially if you like coffee and Tim Hortons, hint, hint. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Those of you who are regulars, I'm going to challenge you to press that little button that says share at the bottom of your screen or your computer or your tablet. You just press share, and that's kind of like your way of inviting people to church. Church is all online. Well, you just press that share button, and you can share to all your friends, uh, your church, and this gathering that we're having online. Okay, uh, maybe you're thankful for something today. We did this with, uh, with the band just before we started, and those of you who are online, you're watching live right now. If you're thankful for something, one thing, you can think of one thing. Just type it out on the comment section. We would love to see that. And uh, again, press that share button. If you really, really are passionate, you can host a watch party where you get to communicate with all of the people who you're sharing that party with. But uh, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, just a couple of announcements for you. Uh, keep on praying for our missionaries, the Jarbonos who are in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. As I've been saying for the last few weeks, very volatile over there. Uh, it, it's often volatile there, but now there's this particular situation where you have gangs uh, in the streets of Port-au-Prince, and it seems like the government is actually favorable toward those gangs, and there's plenty of violence there, and there's protests that are happening there as a result. Uh, I did read an article of a missionary uh, who was killed there. Uh, just, I think, this past week, uh, our missionaries are, you know, in constant, uh, danger. Uh, I've been there to Port-au-Prince, and it is a difficult place uh, to serve in. But continue to pray for them. We're working on, I think it's two decades, into two decades, maybe even more than two decades that the Charbonneaux have been in Port-au-Prince. And pray for Don and Marie-José Mann as well. Uh, I've got a little surprise for you that hopefully you'll be able to see on the screen, a little video uh, from the Manns for Thanksgiving, if you go ahead with that. MJ and I just want to take a moment during this very special Thanksgiving season to say some of the things we're thankful for. Jeremiah says it best. God's compassions and mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So what are some of the things we're thankful for? Well, of course, I am thankful for you. As I am for you. Thankful for family, for our children, and the upcoming birth of our first grandchild. And it will be a girl. We're so excited. And I am thankful for uh, the team of doctors that continue to work with me mm. in my cancer journey. Uh, grateful for them and grateful for Jesus, the great physician. We're holding to his hand very tightly. I'm thankful for peace amidst the storm, yeah. through 
every circumstances, every day. I'm thankful for the love of our Savior that just keeps everything tied up together. And I'm thankful for the Quest Leadership Program. Mm -hmm. We've developed an advisory group who are working with us uh, to develop the objectives and outcomes of this biblically informed and character-based leadership program that we will take around the world in early 2021. And of course, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for every individual and every church that has chosen to back us up, stand behind us, and support us in prayer, and of course, financially as well. So together we say a great big thank you to God and to you mm -hmm. for your ongoing blessing in our lives. God bless you this Thanksgiving season. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, MJ Don and I Bruce just want to take a moment during this very... There we go. Thank you. And uh, yeah, good to hear from them as well. And you're going to hear, uh, I took me totally by surprise, uh, the little scripture verse that he referenced is actually my text for today. So uh, <laughs> quite interesting, uh, the timing of that. So uh, continue to pray for them and thank you for your generosity in giving. You'll see a slide on the screen there as to how you can continue to be faithful to our church at citypointchurch.ca uh, slash give, all right? Uh, there were some problems I found out with that little PayPal button uh, that some of you use. Uh, it actually looked like it, the money was going to me, <laughs> and it said my name only, and we have clarified that with PayPal. It's just a display issue on their part. Uh, so that all should be good now, okay? Super. All right, let's see if we're back in business here. We're just going to get ourselves set up so that you can see a little bit better. And thank you. All right, so today we're talking uh, especially about Thanksgiving in the year 2020. And the title of the message today is Thanksgiving Through Lament. And that may be a word that you don't use too often, thanksgiving through lament. You say, what does lament mean? Well, you'll see in a few minutes. Um, we're going to look at a book in the Bible that is rarely taught on, rarely preached on, uh, because it is so sad and uh, such a difficult book to get through. But in my view... This book in the year 2020 is the most appropriate book when you talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, and the question I want to start with today, and uh, you're watching on Facebook, you can answer it in the comments section. How really has your year 2020 been? And you don't have to write words. All I'm looking for here is a number. So the number one would be really, really good, and the number 10 would be really, really not so good, okay? On a scale of one to 10, one being it's been a great 2020, and 10 being a it's been a really tough 2020. How has your 2020 really been? Because what happens, especially in Christian circles, is that we are are have we have a hard time expressing our discontent, our frustration, our discouragement, our disappointment, our depression, um, our sense of despair, hopelessness, suffering, these kinds of things we have a really hard time expressing because we think maybe uh, that's a an expression of having no faith and, you know, aren't Christians supposed to be positive all the time and we're supposed to, you know, be the examples of that. And when we don't feel that sense of thanksgiving and gratefulness, we start feeling guilty. Well, I'm going to give you permission to be honest today. What's your number? Is it one? Oh, yeah, my 10 months have been great. And if you're being honest, that's great. If it's a 10 and my 10 months have been really, really difficult, well, you're being honest. That's great. Let me, let me uh, crack the ice and be honest with you and be a little bit candid with you. I would put my number for 2020 on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being really great and 10 being really bad. I would put it at an 8. 
on 10, okay? And I'm the pastor. <laughs> let, me, let me explain to you just from my, my little world and my perspective why I say that, okay? Just, just to give you some, some uh, permission, again, to be honest. So the beginning of 2020, and this is more from kind of a you know, father, dad, uh, husband, pastor perspective, my own little world, okay? The beginning of 2020, we started the year with a car accident. So we were, we were hit from behind. My daughter's in the back seat. My wife's in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. We come to a dead stop trying to get out of a parking lot, and we're rear-ended from behind, uh, damage to the whole back of the car, you know, great beginning of 2020. You say, well, that's not so bad, you know, it's a car accident, and after all, you have insurance. You say, okay, we went on to have another car accident, a few months later, Sarah also got rear-ended in the back. wasn't really damaged to the car, but it was a second car accident. So now every time we drive, we're wondering, you know, who's going to rear-end us? And then, and then the next thing that happened, we live in a in a condo building, and it's got three units in it. And uh, the ground floor tenant uh, flooded his condo uh, by flushing um, paper towels which really you're not supposed to do. And the way it works in Quebec is everybody else pays for it, even though everybody else didn't cause the problem. And then you turn around and you sue the person if they're negligent, which, okay, great, that's February, we did that. And, and, uh, and then in March, uh, COVID hit. And at the same time, uh, my mom, who had been struggling with uh, uh, neuromuscular disease for the last number of years, passed away at the end of March. About the same time, one, two, three, three of my friends, senior folks, uh, caught, the, caught COVID. Uh, two of them passed away. One of them barely uh, uh, recovered, and his life has really never been the same. Uh, so that was kind of March, March, beginning of April. Uh, just recently, I buried another friend. Uh, she passed away, not due to COVID, but it's another loss. Um, and then uh, we're spending all kinds of time at home, like so many of you are, and, and you know the family's at home and everybody's in the house. And uh, I discovered I'm not alone in this, but uh, many of the appliances, major appliances in the house started breaking. <laughs> so the hot water tank broke, the dishwasher broke, the microwave broke. Uh, okay, someone, someone in the, uh, <laughs> some of our tech team here worship you saying washing machine, you know, uh, it, because all the strain of all everybody's using everything all the time, and you got to figure out how to fix it. Then we had to replace our roof on the building same year. Then we had another tenant in the bottom of the building who's smoking pot that we had to deal with. And it's just sort of this relentless on and on and on it goes. And then the, the church perspective, and you know, haven't been able to really meet together for any kind of consistency, haven't been able to do any outreach. Our back-to-school bash uh, was canceled because we couldn't, can't access a facility to invite hundreds of people to hand out school bags. We haven't been able to do any outreach, haven't been able to do much ministry in terms of the church and you know, people trying to keep track of people and keep people engaged and keep people encouraged, even through an exclusively online thing. And, you know, the giving is down like 35%. And, you know, it's just one thing after another, after another, after another, 2020. So that's why I'm saying, uh, from my perspective, my little world, I would put it at an 8 on 10. How has yours been? Now, the book of Lamentations, there's an entire book in the Bible that is about people talking about their tough times in life and their tough season that they are in. It, we call it Lamentations because the whole book, essentially the whole book is a lament. It is an expression about difficulty and difficult times, you're going to have to hunt around to find this book if you're using a paper Bible. It's right after 
the major prophet Jeremiah. And many people say that Jeremiah wrote it. We're not sure who wrote it. But it is a, it is a fantastic book because there are expressions of suffering and discouragement that are here in the pages of the Bible. Now, you think you've had a bad year. Let me tell you what's going on in the backdrop of the book of Lamentations. The, 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 it's, it's 6th century B.C., and the Jewish people in their city of Jerusalem have now been invaded by the Babylonians. Their temple has been destroyed. Their city has been destroyed. Their uh, people, most of them, especially their young people, have been taken into exile in Babylon. So they lose their city. They lose their temple. They lose their worship system. They lose their vitality. They lose their prosperity. In their view, it would be like the end of the world has come. And this was in the summer of the year 587 B.C. in Jerusalem in the Holy Land. And so there is this book that comes out of that context where there's this expression of loss that happens. You say, what does this have to do with Thanksgiving? <laughs> We're getting there, okay? Uh, but you need to appreciate uh, what's going on in this book and how much these people were absolutely devastated by this circumstance that had come their way. And what Lamentations is, uh, as a book, you have expressions of suffering, I'll call it from A to Z, or here in Canada we say A to Z, uh, and, and I say that because this is a very intentionally laid out book. Uh, the first four chapters of this book are actually uh, Hebrew acrostics. So I say A to Z in their language. I'll put their language or their, their alphabet up on the screen there. Um, their, their alphabet is 22 letters. Ours is in the English language is 26. And their alphabet reads from right to left. So in the top right-hand corner of your screen, you're looking at the first letter of their alphabet. We, we call that Aleph. And then you read from right to left. I'm looking at a big screen here uh, in the Bible College Chapel. By the way, we're over here in the city of Longueuil at Institut Biblique du Québec. I'll give them a plug. You can visit them at ibq.ca. But you go from right to left in Hebrew, and Aleph is the first character, and then Bet, which is sort of like the equivalent of B and so on. You read from right to left. So the first letter of their alphabet would be Aleph, and the last letter would be in the lower left-hand corner of your screen. We call that Tav. Uh, I had to learn this alphabet and be able to pronounce Hebrew when I was 13, having a bar mitzvah, right, from a Jewish background. Well, what's going on here, uh, I'll back the slide up one, is that the author for the at least the first four chapters is going to take that Hebrew alphabet and very intentionally each verse of each chapter starts with the letter of that alphabet. So in uh, Lamentations chapter 1 and verse 1, it starts the verse, verse number 1, with the letter Aleph. And then verse number 2 with the letter Bet. And then verse number 3 with the letter Gimel, again, using the pronunciations of their letters. And so it's very, very intentional. It's laid out that way. We totally lose this in any modern translation that we read because we're translating from Hebrew to whatever language. Uh, but if you read the, the, uh, the actual, what they call the Masoretic text in the Hebrew language of this book, you're going to see that this is what the author does. He picks every letter. So Lamentations chapter 1 from verses 1 to 22, he follows that sequence. Lamentations chapter 2 from verses 1 to 22, he follows that sequence. Lamentations chapter 3 from verses 1 to 66, he follows that sequence three times. So verse 1 of chapter 3 is Aleph. Verse 2 of chapter 3 is Aleph. Verse 3 of chapter 3 is Aleph. Verse 
Four of chapter three is Beth, and so on. You get the picture. Why is he doing this? Because he's, he, there's, it's from A to Z. They're going to complain from A to Z. They're going to put it down. They're going to express their grief. They're going to express their loss. Everything that they had was taken from them. Every, in their view, the world is now over. 587 B.C. in the city of Jerusalem. So chapter one, you have it illustrated kind of this way. You've got a, a weeping widow. Okay, I'll read a few verses for you. I have read the entire book several times, and it is very, very difficult to read if you are accustomed to approaching the Bible, looking for your sort of positive word of the day and your positive encouragement to get you through the day, and you pick up a book like Lamentations, actually, there's really no book like Lamentations, you're going to stop in the middle of the first chapter because you're going to say, this is so depressing. This is so sad. Why is this even in the Bible? You'll find out soon. But it's that type of book. And you read verse 1, you say, okay, uh, okay, I can swallow verse 1. Then you read verse 2, and it just continues and continues and continues. From A to Z, they go through this. You'll see a little bit of this in some of the Psalms in the Bible's Old Testament. But Lamentations just goes on and on and on about this. From A to Z, the people are lamenting their condition and their circumstance just in a public sense, and also before God. So verse 1, how deserted lies the city once so full of people. How like a widow is she who once was great among the nations. Happy Thanksgiving, right? We're, we're getting there. You'll see why. Verse uh, verse 2, bitterly she weeps at night, tears are upon her cheeks. Verse uh, 5, her foes have become her masters. Again, this is the city of Jerusalem. Her enemies are at ease. The Lord has brought her grief because of her many sins. Her children have gone into exile captive before the foe. Verse uh, 9, her filthiness clung to her skirts. She did not consider her future. Her fall was astounding. There was none to comfort her. And then she speaks, this, this widow, look, O Lord, on my affliction. Have you ever felt that way? For the enemy has triumphed. Verse 11, she speaks again, look, O Lord, and consider for I am despised. Verse 12, is it nothing to you? Again, this image of the widow speaking to God. Is it nothing to you, all who pass by? Look around and see, is any suffering like my suffering that was inflicted on me, that the Lord brought on me in the day of his fierce anger? So there's a recognition that this was justified, that what happened to them in Jerusalem was something that they, that they realized was as a result of their own sin, their own transgression. And for years and years, the prophets warned the Jewish people and warned the city uh, that they needed to stop uh, their idolatry and they needed to stop their injustice and they needed to stop their corruption Otherwise, there would be consequences, and here they're recognizing the consequences have come, and they're crying out. Uh, verse, um, verse 16, uh, another example, this is why I weep and my eyes overflow with tears. You ever felt that way? No one is near to comfort me, no one to restore my spirit. Uh, my children are destitute because the enemy has prevailed. Wow, so strong, so sad, so depressing. But it's in the Bible. They're expressing their grief. They're expressing their suffering. Again, what's this got to do with Thanksgiving? Just hold on and you'll see. Uh, chapter 2, you have the image of a city that is brought down, that is taken down. Uh, verse 1 how the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with the cloud of his anger. He has hurled down, note that word down, the splendor of Israel. That's the city of Jerusalem. I mean, it would have been like, um, 
like an, uh, an apocalyptic movie scene. You know, you ever seen those movies where the end of the world has happened and the, there's, these, there's these shots of, uh, of a desolate sort of wasteland and, a, you know, a major city is just toppled to the ground and there's like a few survivors kind of kicking around trying to survive. This is the image that these people lived with. This was real for them. Imagine what they would have thought. It's like the world has just has just ended without pity. The Lord has swallowed up all the dwellings of Jacob. Uh, very graphic. Verse 9 of chapter 2. Her gates have sunk into the ground. This image of loss. Their bars uh, he has broken and destroyed. Verse uh, 14. Uh, the visions of your prophets were false and worthless. They did not expose your sin. This is, is like God speaking to the people to ward off your captivity. You had false prophets who did not tell you that this was coming. The oracles they gave you were false and misleading. Verse 18, the hearts of the people cry out to the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let your tears flow like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief, no eyes, uh, your, your eyes no rest. Man, is it, is it ever strong? Chapter 3, you have a man there who makes observations. Uh, verse 1, I am the man who has seen affliction. By the rod of his wrath. Verse 4. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old. And he has broken my bones. Verse 9. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Uh, verse 14. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. Man, it's so, so strong. Uh, verse um, Verse uh, 17, let's say, I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. Verse 18, so I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. Wow, despair, lament, over and over. It goes uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, talking about before this event and after this event, how the gold has lost its luster, the fine gold becomes dull, the sacred gems are scattered at the head of every street, how the precious sons of Zion, once worth their weight in gold, are now considered as pots of clay, the work of a potter's hands. And then finally, chapter 5, which does not follow the, uh, the acrostic... Um, uh, set up. So it's not the first letter uh, of the Hebrew alphabet in sequence. It's just all over the place. And it's like this, this final conclusion and this cry for help. Uh, verse 1, remember, O Lord, what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. Uh, verse 19, um, you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Why do you always forget us? I had two conversations with people this week. Uh, one took place in our Alpha course, and one took place at, um, at the mission, uh, the food bank where I work two days a week. And both of them were conversations about how God does not answer. And God, you always forget us. And I have this request to God, and he does not answer. One of them was kind of a funny the situation. It was over at the food bank, and uh, somebody had lost a set of keys. And, um, and people were scrambling, looking for these keys, and we couldn't find the keys. And, and uh, you know, someone needs to, someone said something about prayer. And, uh, and so the, one of the people were, were talking about St. Jude, you know, pray to St. Jude. He's good at finding keys. And I said, well, you ought to go straight to the top uh, instead of St. Jude. And the lady said, oh, he never answers me. And we had had a discussion before about her particular need that she brings to God. And she says, God never answers me. He never answers me. And kind of in jest, she put her hands up to the, to the, the, the sky and raised her. And she said, Lord, I surrender. And, and I looked at her and I said, well, that's good. I said, you need to be careful what, what you ask for. Uh, and it was just like this, and, and the conversation in Alpha, just about this sense that God does not answer. Why do you forsake us so long? 
Verse 21, restore to us yourself, O Lord, that we may return, renew our days as of old. Unless, and this is how the book ends, unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure, full stop. And the book ends. Say, what does this, why is this in the Bible? Why are you talking about this? This is so depressing. I'm never reading this book. I'm never picking up this book now, and I'm ready to turn off the feed. Okay, I've purposefully waited until this moment to tell you of the great hope that is in this book. It's basically right in the center of the book in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 to 26. Look at this. Just It just beams out of the darkness, this section of Scripture. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. This is the man who's making the observations. He's right in the center of the book. It's like the, you know, the hurricane that happens, and there's this weird piece right in the eye of the storm, right in the eye of this lament, right in the center. You have this expression of powerful hope, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Verse 22, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. We sang about that today. Because of his great love, we are not. They're looking at a wasteland. Their city, their temple, their walls, their youth, their vitality, their prosperity, their health, their food. Everything is decimated. We are not consumed, he says, for his compassions, plural, never fail. All your promises are yes and amen, we said. They are new every morning. Verse 23, great is your faithfulness. I mean, he's looking at desolation. But he is declaring the faithfulness of God. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. That's an old expression we used to use in churches. We used to say, Jesus is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Man, that is hope in the darkness there. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. What a powerful expression of hope. And there is so much that is just nested in those little verses that are kind of almost drowned out by the rest of this book. But if you read the whole thing and you focus in on there, you see, man, that, that, is, that is real. You have the storm around you, but you can choose another perspective. You can choose another way of looking at your circumstances. How do you do it? I'll give you three uh, little tips today how to be thankful in the center of lamentation. You are in the eye of the storm. It is all around you. There are people who are watching, I'm sure, or people who will, you maybe you'll watch a recording if you forward this to friends, so on. You might listen to it uh, on um, uh, Apple Podcasts or Podbean, however you're doing it. But there are people, you've lost work, you've lost your job, you're being squeezed financially. So much so, you don't even know how you're going to be able to provide for your family for some of the basic things. You're squeezed. There's relationships that are squeezed and they're starting to to break because of the anxiety and the tension and all of these things are happening. And it's like a whirlwind of trouble all around you and you and you're suffering. Not only does lamentation give you permission to express your suffering, it also gives you permission to declare the hope that you have. How do you do it? Number one, remember, yet this I call to mind. That means he remembers. 
He's making an intentional decision to remember something, to recall it, to call it to his mind. So he could he could sit there and look at the circumstance and wallow in it, which really is what the book of Lamentations does. But he remembers in the inside of the storm, he says, I'm going to call something to mind. I'm going to remember. And therefore, when the dust settles at the end of the day, when the when everything has 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 come down, I have hope when the pandemic ends, when you get your job back, when those relationships get better, whatever the circumstance, a better day is coming. Why? Because I'm calling to mind something. What am I calling to mind? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. God, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all of their loss that these people had experienced, you read the descriptions, and some of them are even difficult to read in silent, the way that these people had to survive. And yet, this man is saying God's compassions are new Every morning, every morning, God is bestowing his love upon me and his compassion upon me. You say, how? How can he be doing that when all of this is happening? It's all about your perspective. So I could look at the two car accidents that I had, and I could say, wow, you know, that's terrible. You know, it's almost like a curse. Are we going to get hit again from behind? Or I could also say, you know what? Everybody's okay. The hunk of metal took some damage. We repaired the hunk of metal. But you know what? Great is the faithfulness of God. Everyone's okay. And so I'll be a little more careful on the roads. Maybe people are stressed out because of COVID. But great is the faithfulness of God. It could have turned into such a different situation. Even the people who, uh, who passed away, even my mom who passed away at the end of March, Say, what good could you find in that? Well, you know, there are so many good memories and so many great conversations. And even the other folks um, who passed away this year who were friends of mine, so many good memories and so many blessings left behind by those people. It's all in the way that you perceive it and in your perspective. If you look closely, you will see the compassions of God are new and fresh every day. I mean, you got out of bed today. You you turned on your device today. You've got breath in your body once again. You've got enough breath to watch this little this little broadcast. Remember the daily compassions of God because those give you hope and he is faithful. Some of you, you've lost loved ones. This is the first year, the second year, the third year. You're trying to live through it and cope through it. Great is the faithfulness of God. Great are the blessings of God, even in those difficult moments. I say to myself, and this is the third piece of advice, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Not these circumstances. This is not my portion. This is a temporary thing that I have to live with, but that's not my portion. My portion is the Lord. That means my priority in life. My raison d'etre is the Lord. Who cares about the circumstances? Let them come. Job said, though he slay me, Yet I will serve him. That's another way of saying the Lord is my portion. This is temporary. Even this life that we live is temporary. It's given to us on loan. We are, we are way beyond this life. When we pass from this life, we pass into eternity with God if we serve him. The Lord is my portion, and therefore... I will wait for him. And he goes on and he said, it's good to wait quietly 
for the salvation of the Lord. This is pre-Jesus. It's good to wait for the salvation. It's good, he says, for a young man to bear the yoke when he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. And he, and he continues, verse 31, for men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. Your circumstance is temporary. The pandemic is temporary. You say it feels like forever. My friends, in 1918, it was more than eight months. It was two years. 1918 and, and, and onwards, there were upwards of 50 million people who lost their lives, and yet it was temporary. This one is going to be temporary as well. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your suffering that causes you to lament, put your hope in God. Let him be your portion. That circumstance is going to fade away, and what will you have? Nothing, because the circumstance is gone. You've got no depression to cling to. Sometimes that becomes like a close friend, this kind of lamenting all the time. We just, we get addicted to it. You need to be addicted to the fact that God is in your life and say, well, that circumstance, let it come, let it go but the Lord is going to be my portion. Choose your priority. Is it going to be in what you experience in this life? Or is it going to be in the one who is eternal and beyond, beyond the, the descriptions that we read in this book is the hope and the compassion of God. And I love the way that it's right in the center. It's so realistic. And then, you know, it just continues and continues. And then, of course, you see in the end here, even then you can see there's this struggle. And that's that's life. That's the way that it that it works. That's that's very common to our experience. Uh, so wherever your situation, whatever your circumstance, I'd like the band if they would go ahead uh, back to the, the little stage that we have set up here and you guys begin to play. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your difficulty, your struggle, you have permission to express it. You have permission to call out to God. Uh, are you angry at God? Are you disappointed with God? You can still express that to God. He's not going to hurt you for expressing your disappointment. He's not going to hurt you for saying things like, why is it that you never answer? Why do you forsake us so long? This is asked by people in this book of the Bible. So you can go ahead and do that, and you need to, you need to have permission to do that. But at the same time, remember, recall the, the, uh, uh, the faithfulness of God and his daily mercies and his compassion that is new every morning. And remember that Jesus is your portion. I'm just going to pray for you as we close, and then I'll let the band go ahead and play. You guys can start if you want to already. We'll get their mics on so you can hear them. Father, we do thank you, and we praise you today, uh, even this Thanksgiving weekend. 2020 here in the province of Quebec, here in the red zone, here dealing with all these kinds of difficulties and problems. Lord, we say you are our portion today, and we put our faith and our confidence and our trust in you. We will wait on you for your salvation we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen.
to wish you again on behalf of our team here. We've got the worship team. We've got the tech team here. Happy Canadian, that is, Thanksgiving 2020. Again, thank you so much for joining in, and we'll be back next week. We'll continue with our series, Dear Churches 1015 live, live stream. Until then, God bless you, everyone. <laughs>